0: everybody, and welcome to True Stories of Tinseltown. Today, I have the wonderful April VVA and I know you guys love her too, as I do. She is also my pal, and we're going to talk about that cult classic book, Hollywood Babylon, which, I don't know, came out a long time ago, but it still sells well, I guess. And um, we're taking on some of the stories, because we can't get through all of the stories today, and to tell you what's true, false, or, you know, like in between. So thanks for coming on, April, and take it away. What are we starting with first?
1: Start off with uh, Clara So, of course, the story in Hollywood Babylon is that Clara would invite the USC football team, and she would just sleep with all of them. She'd have like just these gigantic orgies, but she's the only woman in there. I don't know. It was just a really weird story. Um, John Wayne at the time was on the football team, and John Wayne supposedly, you know, saw Clara and got to sample her wares. I guess. Oh I my. <laughs> And her you know secretary comes out when Clara discovers that her secretary has been um, embezzling money from her. Her secretary comes out and she's like, she we screwed everyone on the football team. and of course, we know that isn't true. and Clara was very, very adamant about saying like, this does not happen. I am just a football fan.
0: And she liked to party Uh, with them. You know, she would invite them over and they would have a lot of fun. Not necessarily orgies. It's so weird to me how everything with this stuff always focuses on illicit sex. Well, people love that stuff. In 1959, people would have, uh, you know, steam would have come out of their heads <laughs> reading this stuff, because that would have been juicy a la woosie. And today, you know, it's like scandal-schmandal. None of this would have been really scandalous today, which is interesting. But uh, yeah, Clara, this woman was embezzling from her, and she, Clara, took her to court. And... I don't know if she tried to stop Clara from taking her to court or whatever, but she did. Uh, Clara took her to court, and this woman just went, came out in the newspapers and made every, every you know, unsavory, uh, Clara's a slut stuff all over the place. and um, And Clara's like, huh? And she... The woman ends up having to go to jail, which I'm very happy about because she did steal Clara's money. And her, in saying that, that could have been, I'll say this, if you don't stop that. So um, I don't know. I, I don't believe Clara did it. Do you remember the, did you ever see The Rose with Bet Mild, Mild, Bet Mildler? She played, did you ever see it? I did not see it. She plays uh, a supposed Janet Joplin kind of singer who lived in Texas, and she was going to go home and sing for Texas. But she she was, like, unattractive when she was in school, and people would make fun of her or whatever. And she actually did, the Rose in the movie, did take on the whole team. One night she got drunk and did take on the whole football team in her high school. So I'm sure they had that from Clara. But um, I don't know. I mean, let's face it, it could be possible, but I don't think so. I think it was something made up by her secretary to really stick it to Clara.
1: Yeah, I would say it's the the, pot, the probability of it happening is probably 0.001%. Uh you know, no one from the USC football team ever came out and supported the story, you know, and, and no one's ever come out to, you know, say, "Oh yeah, well, let me
0: tell you about what we did at Clara Bow's house." Is she party? It's all Yeah. She liked yeah, to and party that- and have fun. Yeah, and it's,
1: you know, it was very much a thing of trying to make it out like she was just this, you know, hoochie mama. Right. And it's just that, 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 but, you know, most accounts of, you know, Bo, she was kind of serial monogamist. And so it just, it seems very, very unlikely.
0: And yeah, she had. A breakdown very soon after. She had many breakdowns. Um, She married Rex Bell, who was in cowboy pictures, and then he became a politician. And they had a couple
1: of boys. Yeah, he did. And Rex Bell ended up becoming a, I want to say it's the lieutenant governor of Nevada. Yeah, he was some big cheese. Yeah, and she had a couple boys, and she got up one day in, you know, the 1940s. I want to say her youngest was, like, eight. And she got up, and she was just like, I can't, you know, be a mom anymore, and she just got up and left. Where'd she go? And, well, she checked herself into, um, like, a mental care facility, and then she went and she found her own house. And she had um, a companion who lived with her. And that's what she was doing until she died. But she would not divorce Rex. And I don't think Rex was really looking to get divorced anyway. Um, You know, but she would just, you know, live out her life with just her companion.
0: And she was very, very happy doing that. And, you know, she would definitely. Definitely check in for mental health checkups at these sanitariums because she had a lot of it. It was hard for Clara because they're moving her to some big old ranch. She's from Brooklyn. She moved to um, Los Angeles, and she wants to retire, and she's on a ranch. And if you've seen pictures of Clara in her later life, she just didn't look happy. And that just wasn't her cup of tea, and they basically— Kind of ran Clara out of town. I don't think they gave her much choice because they weren't going to hire her. I loved Call, Caller Savage. That was a wonderful talking fo- picture, and if you guys can find it, it's pre-code. I think it's nineteen thirty-two, and Clara was great. But funny part is, you know, um, the lovely woman—I am blanking—the woman Louise Brooks. She married some snotty guy, and Louise Brooks did not come from money or anything like that. So they were going to have a big soiree, Hollywood soiree, and he told um, his wife not to let Clara come to the party because she was a trollop. (laughs) She didn't come to the party, but um, they're just such snobs And, and look at the life that Louise ended up having. So it was just, they were kind of mean to Clara. They were kind of mean. She didn't belong, yet she didn't belong on a ranch. Where did she belong?
1: Yeah, and that's the thing with Beau. She never really fits in with anyone in the Hollywood elite. Mm -mm. She's just, she doesn't really make friends there. She's not invited to a whole lot of, you know, social outing. I mean, the Pickfords aren't going to host her. (laughs) Well, I shouldn't say pick Pickfords, but you know what I mean. Yes. Pick, pick she's Yeah, pick fair. fair. That's why I'm thinking of the house's name. Um, yeah, pick. I mean, she's not getting invites to pick Fair. She's not going to get invites to San Simeon. She, she doesn't really go with the Hollywood elite, but like you said, she doesn't, you know, fit in with the Nevada political set either. Um, Claire is one of those people. Who I think really would have benefited from how much psychology has progressed today. Definitely. Um, you know, she would have been able to talk out her issues, go, I really should say, psychiatry, and she could, you know, get on a mood stabilizer. I think most people today agree that she was most likely bipolar. Yeah. And, you know, that's why she would have these mood swings and she would have, you know, like these severe mental breakdowns because she wasn't getting the help that she needed.
0: And people didn't get it. And they were also just calling her all these names. They didn't understand um, mental illness at the time. And it was like you were a freak if you admitted to it. Look at Francis Farmer, these other people. So, um, no, certainly not in those times. And Clara was, uh, you know, she was who she was. I don't know if she ever really was a happy person. Um, but I'm sure she. We all have happy days, even for not the most zippity doo dah people. But uh, she died in her fifties.
1: Yeah, no, she she was not that old, and she had been apart from her husband and her kids.
0: Oh, goodness, I want to say almost 15 years or so at that point. I had no idea that she left her sons and Rex. I thought she lived there and that she didn't leave him, you know, that she was living with him at the time. But she was bored to tears, so he did his thing. He was happy doing his stuff. And Clara was just Clara. And I think she got treated very unkindly, and I think, you know, Mr. Hollywood Babylon dude, you know, he... I don't know. He should... Maybe if he did this years later, he would have realized what he was talking about. was not really true. Perhaps. I don't know. He's still alive, and he's never tried to
1: backtrack it. He is still alive? He is still alive. Oh, my. Dear. He is... Um, He was, like, BFFs with Anton Lope. Oh, wow. And once in a while, he'll appear on something. He appeared on um, a documentary about Jane not that long ago. He, shockingly, and I use that obviously very facetiously, was not accurate in what he was claiming. But, no,
0: he is very much alive. He's, like, 95, but he is still here. Oops. So here it is. Clara died... um... September 27th, 1965, and she was aged at 60. 60. Yeah. So I'm saying this. The It Girl, she only married Rex, right? That was her only husband. Yep. And their
1: two kids were Tony and George. Oh, that's such
0: a shame. And George is still alive. I wonder how old he is. See, he must have been uh, born in the late 30s, right?
1: George would have been born in 38. So he would be... Old. In his, <laughs> yes, old. I think uh, 85. Yeah, he'd be 83.
0: Um, 83. Yeah. Oh yeah, and she said it said haunted by weight problem, mental imbalance. She never re-entered show business cuz she was tiny and she did gain a lot of weight. And she had a horrible life, let's face it. Clara really did. And you know, she I don't think she had a mean bone in her body to be honest with you. I've never read anything mean about Clara. And um you know, this one was just a jerk, and it wasn't, and she was, she did have a heavy-duty Brooklyn accent in the Torkies, but she, uh, she still, she was great. She was great. She looked, she was wonderful, and she went into retirement and never, ever came back.
1: Yes, and that's the thing, too, that I want to point out. I'm glad you brought that up. People always say, oh, Her talking, her speaking voice was horrible, so she was kicked out and was actually. Not true. She kept working for a couple years after talkies came about, and it was just her her voice was passable like you said she does have a Brooklyn accent but she
0: was able to you know speak in her films and, and so did she, barbara stanwick you could still hear it in her films years later sometimes when she talks certain words um yeah but it so, was fine you got her you know did you yeah, see call, I mean- call her savage did you see that film I actually have a story about Call Her Savage. Tell me, tell me, tell us. So, actually Call
1: Her Savage was originally going to have Betty Grable in it. However, Betty's age prevented her from working nights, so she she couldn't um she couldn't, you know, play in the film. But no, Betty Grable was and I mean, it was going to be like a super small role, but just FYI.
0: Wow, I can't see. That just doesn't seem like a thing for her. For Betty. And she was no, such no, a I'm, child, my goodness. She was just a baby.
1: Well, and that's the thing, too. I mean, Betty got started when she was
0: 12, so. And she looked yeah, much older. Betty, mom dolled her up big time. Her mom dolled her up in the studio, got a hold of her, and they really made her up. And she became a humongous star. And George Raft allegedly was waiting for her, right? <laughs> waiting for her to grow yes. up.
1: Uh, George Raft was, you know, sitting there, and uh, George Raft went on date with her, and he was just like, you're too young. Come back to me when you're old enough.
0: She was waiting <laughs> too young, too, too young. So who should we go to next? Fatty? Uh, so, yeah, I was, yeah, that,
1: you're in my mind. Um, the original old Hollywood scandal, the Fatty
0: Arbuckle case. And I want to tell you guys a hot scoop. Fatty hated being called Fatty. Shocking, right? How <laughs> could he not? I mean, really, he wanted to be called Roscoe. <laughs> I don't get why idiot like it's a horrible nickname. I mean, let's be honest, I can't say that I blame him. I don't blame him at uh, all. But that's how that's how he made his money. But you know, people come up to him on the street, Hey fatty, you're really fat, you know, <laughs> or something like that. Oh, but it was amazing. So he was born in eighty seven, eighteen eighty seven, and he died of a heart attack in they say nineteen thirty three? Wow. Yep. 13? Nineteen thirty three. Yeah. So um he was celebrating. He was one of the biggest stars. Wasn't he getting three million bucks from it was two or three million that he, he was got going to get three
1: million dollars to work for Paramount. Right. For three years. So you'd get a million dollars a year. And that's a lot of moolah. That is a lot of a moolah. So, Fatty signs that contract in 1918. And in 1921, obviously, his three years are, you know, kind of coming to an end. And Paramount is in negotiations with him to extend his contract. I mean, I don't think you anyone can really underestimate how famous Fatty Arbuckle was. He was just... The bee's knees for people.
0: Love that bee's knees. <laughs> he, I guess so. But you know, I don't think I've even seen a short of his or anything like that. You know, there some of them do survive.
1: I mean, they're they're slapstick, but yeah. they, they can be pretty funny. Um, I, I wouldn't classify him as great as Buster Keaton, mm-hmm. but I would still say that he has you know his stuff. Um. So in 1921, uh, Fatty's you know sitting there, and he had actually just had second degree burns on his bum, but he was like, "I need to take some time off." So he goes up to San Francisco with a few of his friends, and they check into the St. Francis and. This is during, you know, Prohibition, but, of course, they have their alcohol. And they invite some ladies over, and they're all, you know, having a fun time. And then we don't really know exactly what happened, but what we do know is that Virginia Repay is found extremely ill and screaming in room 1219, um, the doc, the hotel doctor, which wouldn't was would love if they still had hotel doctors today?
0: It would be pretty, <laughs> pretty cool. Go on the love yeah. boat. You'll get a love boat doctor. I, I know. I just want, I want a hotel doctor. Help. Um, but he sits there,
1: he examines her and he's like, she's just drunk. That's what's causing her this excruciating pain. And he gives her some morphine. And it's actually not for two more days, and or two days later, Rapay finally enters the hospital, and she just she passes away. So there's a there's a lot that goes on with this. Um, Repay's obviously dead, and people are like, "What has happened to her?" So a woman named Maude Delmont comes out, and she is. Talking to one of Rapay's doctors, and he/she goes, "Hey, just FYI, you know, Fatty raped her, and the weight of or his weight crushed her bladder."
0: Yeah, that's what she. They said she had a um. What they said she had a ruptured bladder.
1: Yes. And she's just like it was Fatty's weight, um, and that's you know what made her bladder rupture. And the doctors like, hey, I you know have to report that, um, and so the you know it, it gets all over the news. That's just the easiest way to put it. It gets all over the news. People are just sitting there and they're like, oh my gosh, what has happened? Fatty raped this woman, and then she died, you know, blah, blah, blah. So Fatty ends up getting charged with murder, and he goes to trial three separate times. And finally, the third trial, which takes place in 1922, he's finally let off. People are like, we don't think you did this, but his career is just completely ruined.
0: Yes. Now, The woman, though, who was the only key witness, her name isn't here. She was horrible. She um, told everyone that he had raped her, right, with a Coke bottle or or just that she laid on her. This woman was an extortionist. She tried to extort from Fatty, and um, she was a notorious extortionist and blackmailer.
1: Yes, so that's Maude Delmont. Mm -hmm. And Mel, yeah, Maude was known around town as an extortionist. She was known in Hollywood circles as, like, you did not want to get involved with her. And she would, she originally, she, I, let me back up. I think she always just said that fatty's weight, is what caused it and then the coke bottle came from um or maybe no I think that back I think you're right I think she, at first it was his weight and then she changed it to a coca-cola or a champagne bottle
0: it just it became a thing <laughs> and it was awful. um and he uh it, whew, he weighed 300 pounds at the height of his career yeah, at this time, I want to
1: say that they said he weighed 265. Not that that's like a whole lot. He's had
0: lost some weight. I mean, go fatty. Yeah, and he wasn't uh, very tall. So he was heavy. That was for sure. Um, he's basically like the
1: 1920s Chris Farley. He's very acrobatic. He's able to, you know, do stuff that you wouldn't expect somebody of his size to be able to do. Um, but, or Delmont's sitting there and she's like, Virginia and I were best friends, blah, 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 blah. And trying to find out, they had just met like that morning. How Delmont got in, that, got in there, I don't know. I don't know who thought it was a good idea. There have been swirls and rumors that Paramount set Fatty up because they didn't. Want to have to renew his contract. I don't believe that. Um, and the reason I don't believe that is because if they didn't want to renew his
0: contract, they could have just not renewed it. Right. I mean, they didn't need this whole big shebang to, yeah, to save I mean, for it. it. it makes Yeah. Yeah, it,
1: it makes no sense, but the counter to that is always, well, they didn't want him, but they didn't want anyone else to have him either. I just, I think that's too complex, even for the studio at that time.
0: Yeah. That's um, terrible. Yeah, but, I can't imagine that. But you never know, you know, you can't throw it out. But um, in uh, the book, it says that Virginia, is it rape or rap?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: She right. she before she died allegedly said that fatty raped her. Allegedly, yeah, I
1: I don't believe that. All she was all doped up on morphine and couldn't talk. And I I want to say with ninety nine percent certainty that that is something that originally came from Delmont.
0: Yeah, and how could they use that? No one knew about her past history of being just a creepy, blackmailing extortionist. They didn't, of course, mention it to the jury, and they're listening to this woman. And how can you believe a word she says? Because to me, just because they use her, I can't believe a word she says. I don't know if Fatty killed her. I'm going more in the way that I don't believe he did. But what do you think, April?
1: I don't think he killed her. I genuinely do not think that he killed her. I think that um, I've actually read a fair amount on Repay. Mm -hmm. Most likely um, she had some sort of allergy to alcohol, which would make her feel hot, which is why every time she drank, she would rip off her clothes. And that likely is what contributed to her her bladder eventually rupturing was because it, it was basically like a really bad, I guess, allergic reaction to say. And she had drank alcohol so much that I'm not saying she was an alcoholic, but just she went out, she would drink alcohol, she would get hot and she had done it so often that it had just basically ruined her body
0: yeah she was a party girl and and you don't think she knew this woman prior this uh star witness no it later came out that Delmont had just met her like that day it might
1: have been the day before but they had just met and I can't remember how they pieced that together but it did come out they had just met and that she didn't know Delmont
0: but Delmar got her place in the sun there and um I believe Fatty uh Brasco he testified at his first trial along with Miss Blackmailer and then the second and they they couldn't reach a decision so they decided to try him again and he did not um he did not speak at his trial and I believe he was closer to being commit um, to getting charged that th- that he was going to be guilty, and the third time he got up there again, and these people apologized the jurors for what he had to go through because they did not believe for one moment he killed her, and um, then he died soon after. He had a mass. He he couldn't make it come back. His name was Mud. People still believed he was a murderer, and. He had gone through so much crap during that time. Um, he just ended up dying. Heart attack. Yeah, he um,
1: he starts working, and this is another thing. Uh, Hollywood Babylon says he worked under the name Will Be Good. That's asinine, and that would have been evident. Mm-hmm. He actually worked under the name William Goodrich, and he would work really up until he died as a director behind the scenes. And, you know, he, they couldn't have his name on there. I mean, people would, the studios would hire him for his, you know, directorial stuff, but they wouldn't, you know, let it slip that it was actually Arbuckle doing it. They would just say it was this guy, William Goodrich. And um, he he did some good movies under that. I mean, I I have to say, he did do some good movies. Um, Most notably is probably The Red Mill, which is a Marion Davies picture. And Which is kind of ironic, considering William Randolph Hearst had set up the whole, you know, let's really slam Fatty campaign. Yeah, because
0: it was awful. He did it so much, and it was every day. And and like I said, it was like the O.J. Simpson at the time. And he would slam him every day in the papers and, you know, really say he's guilty, write the most salacious stuff. And he never let up. He never let up. He really... Tortured him, And I know a lot of people think that Fatty did kill this woman and that's okay. Like I said, I wasn't in the room, but I don't think he did. I just don't think he did. And that's the only witness they had was this extortionist. I, I really find it, uh, to be not true.
1: Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you on that. And if he hadn't died, I think he probably would have made his return to the screen. Um, he did do six, I want to say, um, little two reelers for Warner Brothers that do have sound, and um, they were released. Americans loved them. They were banned for the United or the United States. They were banned in the UK, but people do, you know, put things behind them. And Fatty is one of those people who I genuinely agree with you was just completely maligned.
0: I do too, and I don't think that. Uh... It's just sad. And, and we don't want to forget that a woman died here, you know, and I, I don't. And she was such a young woman. She was an aspiring actress, but I don't believe she ever really got any roles and in the um, book. She had,
1: she had a little bit that she did. She was actually more well-known, um, I guess you could say, as a hat designer. She was this very, um, she she loves clothes, and she would design these just really interesting and sometimes risque get-ups during, you know, the Edwardian era. And unfortunately for Virginia, and again, this has nothing to do with my own feelings, but at the time she was getting a little long in the tooth to be an actress. You know, they wanted, like, 17-year-old, and Virginia was in her late 20s, I want to say. Isn't that a shame? So she, just, she just, you know, um, she really wasn't, you know, doing it. And that, that just sounds really hard. She was 30. And, I mean, at 30, if you haven't made it, you know, it's in there. But she she did have some walls that she's in.
0: And very small ones. And you know, people tried to tarnish her memory as well, you know, but it's just a totally sad situation. Two people's lives, one dead and and one destroyed. And it was um, quite the scandal, like you say, it was numero uno and more followed. Yeah, it, it yeah, it
1: was that, and that scandal is what gets the Hayes Commission formed, and of course, they will eventually become, um, you know, the, they'll be the Hayes Code, and they'll even hold the reins for movies. But the 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 Arbuckle Repay scandal—that's what really gets people going. Oh my gosh,
0: Hollywood's the den of Ben Yes. Some of it was, but not all of it, especially yeah. in the 20s. No taxes, no this. They're buying up everything in the world. They're just I think, partying and they get the look at like Norma Desmond. It's true what they did. You know, they're doing all these things with these really expensive kind of places they made for themselves. And they just own tons of stuff. So it was quite an era. Quite an era. And it was um, a sad story. Very it, sad it was. Story. And it had to be, you know, made more lurid for Hollywood Babylon, but I think it was pretty lurid enough. <laughs> but, you know, it's it was what it was. Um, you want to just hear one simple thing that I hate in this book. There was Lewis Stone, and you guys know him. He was in Andy Hardy. He played the father, and he was a very— um, well-respected supporting actor. He worked in so many films. So one day, some rotten kids were throwing rocks at his house in Beverly Hills, and he decides to chase them down. While chasing them down, he has a heart attack, and he literally dies in front of his house while his wife's looking out. And they have the picture of him dead on the sidewalk, which i it's a horrible picture. And it just... uh, you know what I mean? These little shits are doing this and so, doing rocks at you. And the poor guy goes after him. And, you know, he was not a young whippersnapper. But, you know, there it went. That's how he ended Lewis Stone. And they do have a picture, as they do of uh, Carol Landis. First time I saw that picture and and she looks just like she passed down. She's so cute. Her little pinafore, her hair looks cute. She's wearing her shoes. And it's just, you know, sad and yuck to think that the woman is dead.
1: Yeah, no, it's, no, it's, it's gross and it's, yeah, it's the most exploitative book, you know, for the time. And it really continues that up until we get, you know. Darwin,
0: Porter, and Co. Oh, yes, they wrote a new one, but it had not many people, like Jeannie Carmen, and they talked a lot about, um, what's her face, June Allison. (laughs) And it's true, she was quite the girl about town, even while she was married. And I was friends with one a friend of mine's close friend, was dick powell and june allison's daughter and i asked her if she wanted to come on the show i asked my friend to ask her and she said i never want to talk about my mother again she loathed her but in in that they had did you see that the one that uh darwin porter and the other dude put out it was like hollywood babylon something else They have, like,
1: Hollywood... I think they have, like, five Hollywood Babylons that they've come up with. They're all just really bad. Yeah, yeah, and it's all about, Um, you know, who Jeannie Carmen is. Yeah, no, they're just... Oh, I know exactly who Jeannie Carmen is. We talked about her. Yes, I, I have lots and lots of feelings about Jeannie Carmen.
0: Okay, should we talk about Ramon? Yes, so... Ramon Navarro,
1: he was going to be the next Valentino. People just thought, oh, my gosh, he is gorgeous, you know, blah, 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 blah. And he has a successful career, and I am not denying that. at all. But he's never quite, you know, as big as Valentino is. Not in the least.
0: He did star in
1: Ben-Hur. He did star in Ben-Hur, which is Sadly they killed like a hundred
0: horses. We don't for that know. Movie. I know, that makes me sick. I can't even bear it. I really how evil was that? I mean, I just they never and I still wonder on the sets what they do to these poor little things.
1: Oh, yes, and we've talked about that. yeah It's just no, um, but you know he 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 has a successful career. He works right up until you know nineteen sixty eight when he passes away, so I mean he is just consistently working,
0: yeah, I think so, in the movies he did go into the talkies and he did um with Greta Garbo Madahari talk about a mismatch he looks so young he looked like a baby but maybe that's what it was supposed to be um uh but he did play against garbo and matahari so um i don't know that he did many movies after that i think he took a break
1: yes he um he did take a he did take a bit of a break, but he um, his last movie was actually 1960, <laughs> and it's Heller in Pink Type. Oh, jeez. Which, which mm-hmm. that it actually has Sophia Loren in it, huh? And so- Anthony Quinn. It's a main movie, but he's you know he's not
0: like Weed and censor in it. I see that, and he did a lot of TV series. But he did, yeah, yeah. Like, he did movies. He went from, like, 38 to 40, then 42 to 49, and then he got around to the 50s. But uh, uh, Ramon uh, never married, and he I believe he was very well known. It was very well known in Hollywood that he was gay. Yes. And he,
1: um, he had some semi-famous boyfriends. He uh, was well-known to date um, Herbert Howe, who was also his publicist and a journalist. And he dated some wealthy, like, I've always assumed it was kind of a benefactor-type relationship. Right. Uh, A San Francisco guy named... um, his last name is Sullivan if I could talk that'd be super great (laughs) Um, but he's you know he's well known he's you know sitting there and he has his you know guys and you know stuff like that but when it's star starts to fade of course everyone's kind of out so in 1968 he calls up Paul and Tom Ferguson well technically they call him (laughs) And they say, Hey, we wanna have sex with you. These and are yeah, what? these are
0: two brothers,
1: yeah. Yes. And they're they're only twenty two and seventeen and they're really young.
0: And he had you know, he was known to hire prostitutes. Mm-hmm. Going out uh, himself to uh yeah, to look at at them to see who he might like. You know, that's just so dangerous. But the fact that they that he let two guys in is like, wow, you don't know these people and you let them in. Eek. Yeah, it's just it's, it's absolutely horrible. <laughs> um,
1: and just like they're just shitty people. We'll go more into it in a minute. But they, you know, show up. There's conflicting reports about whether they do anything with Navarro. To be honest with you, I kind of assumed at least Paul did, but I don't know for sure on that. What do you mean?
0: I know they beat the crap out of him.
1: No, so supposedly, like, one of them does at least something semi-sexual with him before they beat him up to make him more relaxed. I'm just going to say I would not be surprised if it's true. We'll just put it that way.
0: Right. And they had heard that he was an old movie star. He was by no means broke. You know, he had property, had all this stuff. And they had heard from some other male prostitutes on the street that he had money, um, you know, sort of hidden in his house. Yes. Um, and
1: so they're, you know, going over there and, or they're over there and they, you know, think he has money. So I'm not going to go into details because they're pretty horrible. But they basically torture him for hours. Right. And trying to figure out where his money is. Well, they finally figure out that the only money he has is the money he was going to pay them, which is $20 and it's in his robe pocket. So he, Navarro is still there. He ends up dying of asphyxiation. He chokes on his own blood. And Kenneth Anger, or Angar, however he wants to pronounce it today, he sits there and goes, Oh, they actually shoved this Art Deco dildo down Navarro's throat. That's not true. There's nothing to suggest that he was ever even gifted anything like that because the story is that he was gifted it by Valentino. There's nothing to suggest that. Um, and that is not how he was found. Which, can you imagine? Like, this guy already has a really horrible death. And-
0: I know. What? He didn't need it any. I mean, it was uh, sorted anyway. These two guys come into his house. He wants to have sex with them. And this gets found out. He gets brutally murdered. One of the guys calls his girlfriend, and the girlfriend can hear Ramon screaming and in such pain and agony. And she turns him and the brother in. Um, It was awful. And I don't know. I think in some people, they didn't care so much. Oh, he's just an old gay guy, you know, something, you know, that he— Caused it himself or something like that. And um, they did get convicted. They only got 10 years for his murder. Um, One of the brothers got out first, and he raped a woman pretty soon after he got out, and then he went in again. Um, And then the other brother got out, too, and he also raped a woman, and he went in again. Can you imagine 10 years for the brutal murder of... Well, and they were out in West China. They were both
1: out by, like, 75. So, so they only years. served. Yeah, no. So, no, they served less than seven years for what they did.
0: How evil. Do you think it was because he was gay?
1: <laughs> yep, 100%. No doubt in my mind, because they got sentenced... Longer, which rape is horrible, and I am not saying anything about that, but they got sentenced longer for their rape cases than they did for murdering Navarro.
0: Brutally murdering this man and torturing him for hours. It's amazing to me. And to put it in there and add the Art the, um, Deco, it's supposed to have been a dildo statue on Art Deco, not like just that. But to yeah. put that in there, to add really gross stuff into it, it's bad enough, like you said. It's just really beyond thinking about. It, ugh, just gross, really. Yeah, Paul, um, Paul, the older brother, he is still alive.
1: He is still in jail because he got a 60-year sentence for rape, <laughs> um, which...
0: He 100% deserved everything I I agree. But he should have never been know, let out of prison. Never. Exactly. Tom committed
1: suicide about 15 years ago now. Was he in prison? Uh, I don't think so. I think that Tom was actually out of prison, and he just know. And I'm just like, you know what? Good riddance is the bad rubbish. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul, though, the one is still alive, he's, like, the one that actually, like, killed navarro i don't know they're just they're weird they're beyond weird they're just evil they're just evil evil people
0: disgracefully evil people i can't even fathom for one a moment doing what they do <laughs>